On this episode of the Macworld Podcast, it's all about your hot takes. You have thoughts on the latest Apple rumors, so let's hear what you have to say coming up next. Stick around. Welcome to the Macworld Podcast. I'm Roman Loyola, here with Jason Cross. Good morning. And Michael Simon. Hello, sir. This episode is all about Macworld reader and listener hot takes. You have thoughts on Apple rumors, and we're going to share and respond to what you wrote. All the comments mentioned in the show can be seen in the show notes for this podcast on Macworld.com. So let's get started. During its fourth quarter 2022 financial announcements, was that last week? I think it was last week. Yeah, fiscal fourth quarter. Apple does things a little weird. So their, their, their year ends September 30th. That way they start their fiscal year with a huge... With a bang, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the holiday season. I don't know why that matters, but okay. I don't it's, either. <laughs> it's a perception thing. An interesting thing that was announced during that was that uh, Apple declared that they would see Mac revenue decline year over year during that first... The October to December quarter that we're in now, yeah. And then... Uh, Bloomberg's Mark Gurman, he reported that Apple won't release any new Macs until 2023 and not until March, probably. Apple never does anything until March in the new year. <laughs> so last year, last quarter, last Q1, um, Apple sold almost $11 billion in Macs, which is a lot. So it's not surprising that it's going to go down from that and also probably down from this past quarter, which was also almost 11, which was a lot. You know, they, uh, or maybe it was more than 11. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but they, but the, so this past quarter, they had so many supply chain issues in the, in the third quarter that the fourth quarter looks like they sold a massive amount of Macs and they did, but a lot of that was orders from the third quarter that were fulfilled in the fourth quarter. And then the, the 2022 first quarter, which is, it's confusing because that was, essentially 2021 holiday season, October to December. That's when they got the new 14 and 16 right. inch the, pros. Yeah, which were also massive at the time. Cause people, there was a lot of pent up demand for of that redesign. We had heard about it for a long time. And they were big deal redesigns. They, they got, we got promotion and HDR and all kinds of stuff beyond the switch to Apple Silicon. It was also a whole bunch of other good stuff. So that boosted sales for that quarter. That was a big deal. So it's it's not at all surprising or concerning that they issued something of a warning to say, hey, don't expect $12.5 billion in max sales in this quarter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we're going to have to wait until the new Macs come out. Maybe a new Mac Mini. I want to meet the person in charge of setting the Mac Minis schedule because first it wasn't updated for like four years then they came out with one in 2018 and didn't touch that for a bunch of years and then they had the m11 and they like they didn't do anything to it they just put this great processor in it and now they have the m2 but the, uh, the uh, that's on the m1s that's still stuck on the m1 and they still sell that intel one it's like who is who is in charge of this it's like the ipad mini it's just like It'll just randomly get updated right, right, some right. strange and it, it'll year. It'll be a good update when it when it happens, but it's like, well, why, why, where was this at a year and a half ago? There's the Mac that we all kind of are waiting for is the Mac Pro, which has gone beyond this two-year window that they had set up now. And that's fine because not everyone can buy a Mac Pro. This is the problem when you put 
dates on things. Like if they was if if Tim if if they would have just said it's a it's a multi year transition, then fine. But they said two years, and I was like, all right, well, two years is up, and you're still selling two Intel Macs. Mark Gurman did report, however, that the Mac Pro could probably have an M2 Ultra chip that has a 24 or 48 core CPU, uh, 76 or 152 core GPU, up to 256 gigabytes of uh, unified memory. Yeah, I mean, we kind of expected that. Um, it's a it's, it's it's a funny thing with the with the Mac Mac Pro because well, for one is the Mac Studio, which is good enough for most people, but aside from that. Like when they sold it, like they they sell it now. It was a completely different processor. It was that those 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 Xeon chips or Xenon, whatever however you pronounce it. Now it's going to have say say it has an M2 Ultra. Apple's going to have to like decide now: do we leave it for four years because it's absurdly fast, or do we update it every every cycle with the M3 Ultra, M4 Ultra, or otherwise it's going to say it's going to have an M3 Ultra, an M2 Ultra, and they're going to be on like the M5 chip on other Macs and. You know the the weird kind of gap between them becomes more obvious. So I'm not sure. Maybe they won't put a number on it, and maybe it'll just be the 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 M Ultra or something, or some other name. Maybe it'll be a completely different line. I, I almost wonder who the Mac Pro is going to be for anymore with the Mac Studio out there. Like the Mac Studio is almost what the Mac Pro was for. You get the high end spec of the Mac Studio. I mean, I don't expect whatever the new Mac Pro is to have a bunch of slots that you can plug in PCIe cards. I don't know what other expandability it's going to have outside of ports. Like, what do you need more than the Mac Studio for? So, I, But I do think that there is going to be, as he says, like some... You can take the M1 Ultra and just imagine what the M2 Ultra is going to be for that. And then the, whatever this mythical Mac Pro is, is probably two of those sandwiched together. Is 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 that enough to make it its own thing, like could that just be a version of the Mac Studio? Like, what? Like, what else is it going to have? I don't know if the Mac Studio has enough power supply or cooling for that. Uh, uh, that hypothetical, like two two ultras. I I don't know if that's true or not. It, so it might essentially just be a Mac Studio that's like a little bigger to have room, for, a little taller to have room for more cooling or something, and and maybe some more ports. Yeah, it's funny because the Mac Pro now. You know, the people who buy it buy it mainly for those PCI slides. It's a very specific map. It's, it Mac is it's the only modular one. Despite the fact that they call the Mac Studio modular, it is not. I don't care if it has ports. It's not It's not what you think of when you think of a modular Mac. My guess is that, that there is either not going to be a Mac Pro and Mac Studios it. Just the high-end Mac Studios is going to be enough. Or a Mac Pro is just going to be basically two Mac Studio ultras in a thick bigger box they sell so few of them it's so weird because it's it grabs so much attention just by the virtue of like its power and all that stuff but i mean the the start nobody pays the starting price because what are you buying a system like that for to get like the the lowest end version they sell so doesn't it come with the 256 gig hard drive i think it does yeah because you're meant to add your own um but who spends thirty or forty thousand dollars on a Mac? It's very, it's production companies who are putting them in racks and stuff like that. That's actually the point of uh, Gottfriedus Faber. He said on Facebook that if a production studio wants to do everything in house, the Mac Pro is a pretty good value rather than contracting and outsourcing. Not sure why an average 
user or even medium power user would use it. Equally confusing why a regular Joe would say it's overpriced when it's not for a studio. Yeah, I, I'm really curious to see. I mean, again, it's not for me, as Roman just said. I, I wouldn't, even if someone gave me $4,000, I wouldn't buy one because I, 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 I just, it's a waste. But I'm really curious to see how they present the Mac Pro once it does arrive. I assume WWDC at this point. But I think what this means is that uh, what we can expect Apple's spring event, which they always have one in March or sometimes April, is probably going to be very Mac focused, right? They're going to have several Macs to show off because they may also have the larger iMac, which is this sort of perpetual, does this thing exist or was that the studio display or whatever, you know, they're apparently working on another display that's not the studio display. There's there's all these rumors swirling around. Several of them may all come together in time for a, like a March event. Yeah, and we were just talking before the show, uh, Roman and I, like it was kind of a quiet year for the Mac this year. We got the Mac Studio and we got the MacBook Air, the M2 MacBook Air back in June. And that's it. You know, the 13-inch Pro is the 13-inch Pro with an M2. And... That's it, right? Was there anything else released? Yeah, there weren't a lot of releases, but they were exciting releases. The Mac 2 Studio was a really exciting release. MacBook Air, although the price went up, it was a redesign. It's really great. It's like a really good update to the Air. Apple just released the iPad Pro with M2 processors. So, of course, we have rumors of upcoming iPads already. And one of the one of those rumors was that we could see a 16-inch iPad Pro next year. There's a floating rumor of a 14-inch somewhere. That was supposed to maybe come out in the first half of next year. And then there's a new rumor about a 16-inch for the end of next year. Right, which may or that may or may not be the same. Yeah, it could be that like Apple's figuring out what the right size is and stuff, but Something much bigger than this 12.9. I think 16 makes more sense to me because 16 is like, this is a drafting table. This is like, you know, I'm an artist. I got a whole big thing, canvas to work on. David Bagby on Facebook wrote that musicians would love to have the biggest screen and battery and an affordable CPU. They want to display their sheet music and play shows and concerts from it. They don't need an M1 or M2, let alone a Pro Max Ultra. You're not going to get the big screen with the slower processor. I don't think that's going to happen. And if they make a 16, they're going to jump to an M2 Pro. I think it's big enough to dissipate the heat and have enough battery for an M2 Pro. And and if it's coming out late next year, that would be my guess is that it, it might be an M3 if there's an M3 by then, but my guess is M2 Pro big and expensive, st- starts at two grand. But that's a ca- use case I hadn't considered, a big 16-inch. Like, I'm, he's, you said musicians, and I thought, like, well, that, y- you want a MacBook. But then you it's a cheap music. I'm like, oh, you want to put something on a stand to show your seat music, and you can just, like, swipe to the next page instead of flipping pages, and you got the wrong page and all that other stuff. Or even have it be automatic. It'd be what a cool thing. I'm just thinking back to my ancient days of playing a band and stuff like that. What a cool idea that like it could be listening and then 
when it gets to the point in the music where it gets to the end, it just flips the page for you. It just automatically goes to the next part of the sheet music or just scrolls at a speed like a teleprompter or something like what a nifty concept. What if that new gigantic iPad Pro ran Mac OS? There's a uh, wild rumor out there that there's a version of Mac OS 14 that can run on an iPad. Kind of lines up with that. So there's that rumor. Then there's the perpetual rumor that Apple is going to make some kind of a home centerpiece stand home pod mashup thingy. That could be that as well. I mean, 16-inch might be too big for that. A 16-inch iPad is going to have to have a different use case than it's, it's, than it's three inches bigger. Like, there's more to it than that. So, the, the rumor said it was a Mac OS Lite. So, it wouldn't be, you know, this, just porting the full version onto the iPad. Obviously, tooled for or, or retooled for touch. But Yeah, see, that's the part I don't get. At Mac OS, since fundamentals are not touch-friendly at all. Think of even the stoplight controls. Those are too... Those, those violate like your UI conventions for how close together touch targets can be and all this other, like they'd have to change so much, but it could be one of those things where it's running iPad OS. And when you dock it, it switches to Mac OS. Like it only does that when you have it docked with a keyboard and touchpad or a mouse or something. I would buy that in a second. So one thing that also came to mind, mind for me was um, when I hearing this rumor was, in a macOS Lite for iPad, what if the UI was restricted to Stage Manager? Oof! <laughs> <laughs> they got they got a ways to go before they can do that. You know, Stage Manager on the Mac, everyone's kind of like, why is it on the Mac to begin with? Because you don't really need it. But then that makes some sense. Yeah, I don't think anyone wants macOS Lite though, right? Like, in what way is it light? Like, in order to cut it down enough. For it to be like, this is good on an iPad and then has big touch targets and all that other kind of stuff. And then, well, like, well, now I'm losing all of the things that I want to do with Mac OS. Uh, when we tweeted about the iPad Mac OS rumor, we got a lot of one word responses of people who kind of liked the idea. Uh, like at the fixer on Twitter, he said it would be the only reason he would buy an iPad. There is a contingent of people that would snatch it up. I don't think the majority of people who buy iPads would care at all. No, and I and I just struggle to think of like how you make how do you make macOS work on touch without changing macOS so much that you're losing all the compatibility with all the Mac apps that you want to use. Like that 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 freedom of like I'm installing anything from any place and you're assuming a mouse or a trackpad and stuff like that. And I, I assume at that it wouldn't be all the iPads. It would have to be limited to the M1. Oh, I don't even think it would be. I think it would be a specific model. I think it'd be just this 16-inch model or something. Like, like I, I like all that. I don't know if I want a 16-inch tablet, though. Like, I, I, that just, just seems, seems cumbersome and bulky. Yeah, uh, the 16-inch size is just awesome for people who do, like, digital art uh, video editors, stuff like that. I'm not those people. <laughs> Obviously, movies, TVs on the go, things like that. It's, it's cool. Yeah, I can't wait to be on a plane and have somebody with their 16-inch uh, tablet propped up on their te- on their tray table. I remember, remember those movie. commercials 
the uh, the the 16-inch and the 12-inch PowerBook way back when with Yao Ming and Vern Troyer. Yeah, and they, they like popped onto a plane and they opened up the thing and, <laughs> you know, Vern was using the 16-inch and Yao Ming was using the, the tiny one. I used to use the the 17-inch MacBook Pro and I would affectionately call it the cafeteria tray. Yeah. Did I have that one? I'm trying to think. I, I had the big one. Yeah, so I guess it was 17 and 12. They came out together. Yeah, yeah, that thing was massive. It was so big, but I, I, I loved, I loved every minute of that. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. I had that thing until it, till I couldn't use it anymore. It was awesome. So of course there are iPhone 15 rumors. Uh, the latest rumor is that the 15 Pro may not have actual buttons. Uh, well, maybe I should clarify. It will have buttons, but those solid state kind of buttons. Yeah, they're saying three taptic engines inside this, the system and then yeah the buttons won't move they'll just and we actually don't know if it'll be they'll still stick out and just not move or if they'll be flush to the body in which case it's gonna be a nightmare for cases because you have to have a pretty big cutout to make, let your hand reach all the way to the flush to the body of the phone yeah we, we don't have a ton so apple has these buttons um the macbook the macbook all the macbooks actually so the the trackpad, like you can tell, like when it, when it's off, when it's completely powered on, you, you touch it and it's, there's nothing there. It only it's only when 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 the when the OS loads that it actually turns into a button. Also the this iPhone seven and eight and oh the SE two that that home button that that's another example where you press it when it's on and it feels like like it's something. So yeah, the the buttons create an interesting challenge. For one, what Jason was just saying is where how do you do it? Do they look like buttons? Are they flush? But also like you need that button to turn the iPhone on. So if it only works when the OS is working, like how, like so they have to figure out a way for it to get enough something from the haptic engine to allow you to press it to turn it on when it's off. Yeah, the haptic engine doesn't really, or I'm sorry, taptic engine they call it doesn't really have anything to do with whether or not it's sensing your touch. That's just for the feedback. But I bet the same way, the same way they can provide a very small amount of power to the the NFC chip for like you know like if your phone is quote off the nfc still works for like transport things and stuff i think they could do that i mean it's like a tiny fraction of a milliwatt i think they could they could have the buttons pressure sensitivity still going when your phone is off or at least just for the side button right just for the on off yeah, button. Yeah, that, the that's buttons. the only one you need is just the power you just need to hold it for two seconds so it turns on with the home button like it made sense this is like okay, like it's just you're just doing it because you can, I guess. Is it? Uh, does it make manufacturing simpler? Can't? Has it make more waterproof when you have the USB C port? Like I don't, I don't. But maybe now that it's a solid piece and not a, literally a hole with a button stuck in it, it's less bendable. Like is it sturdier? I don't know what problems this fixes for them. I've never had an iPhone with that had a problem with the power or volume buttons, but I'm sure they exist. I'm sure someone somewhere has brought it in for service, but it doesn't seem to be a widespread problem. I've had an iPhone where the, the volume buttons didn't work. Anymore. So one, one out of three, that's 30%. It's not, it, it strikes me as it can't be simpler or less expensive to manufacture if their solution to not having buttons is to put two more Taptic engines inside. There's got to be some experience there that we're not aware of that makes sense. So the uh, reader feedback on on this rumor, we got a lot of sarcastic responses, like uh, at Cameron Talley on 
Twitter said that it works so well on the iPod 3G. <laughs> iPod 3G. Hold on, wait. Wait, the, so the 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 the, t- the click wheel, the solid state. I, wait, yeah, I think or, that's oh no, what that, wait, that was the yes. one with the. That's what they mean. That was the one with the buttons. Wait, yes. the, the iPad three, the iPod three was the one with the the only one that had those four buttons on top, um, above the click wheel, and then they quickly got rid of that. So maybe he had a problem with those buttons because they were also a lot of people didn't like the forced touch click wheel thing. Yeah. That solid state click wheel thing. Like I th- a lot of people were unhappy. I think that's with what's that. being referred to. And uh, CNR05 tweeted that it might not even have a phone function <laughs> or it might not have a screen. It might be invisible and it might not exist. The best iPhone yet. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we'll wrap up the rumors with an iPhone SE rumor. The latest from Ross Young of Display Supply Chain Consultants says that the next version of the iPhone SE will have a 5.7-inch display. So, Ross Young, he has no idea what's happening with this thing. He He's usually pretty, pretty spot on with stuff, but first he said it was going to be, I think, 5.4 inches, way back a couple years ago. Then that changed to 6.1 inches, which is like the iPhone XR. And now it's like, well, maybe it'll be 5.7, which we've never even had. There's never been a 5.7-inch iPhone. So uh, now it's a completely different thing. So And also, maybe it's LCD and maybe it's OLED. And Well, that, like yeah, that would be shocking. If they came out with an OLED SE for 400 bucks, geez, go buy it. Like, that would be insane to me. Why would it be 400 bucks when it could be 500 bucks? <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there are plenty of cheap OLED phones in the Android world. There's no reason that, I mean, it's not going to come out in 2023. It'll be 2024. There's no reason that by 2024, a lower resolution OLED iPhone SE couldn't be a thing. Like it's essentially an iPhone like 11 or something. <laughs> it's okay. Well, the, but the 11 is still like, like well, how, how low res do you, are you talking? Oh, I don't know. I'm just saying like, Compared to the mainline iPhone 15 of the time, not the same screen, a lesser OLED screen. Yeah, I mean, maybe it just it, the OLED seems surprising to me, but maybe. Yeah, there's plenty of $400 iPhone uh, OLED Android phones and have been for a while. Yeah, but they're like crappy and, you know, like the, they're very low res and they're not good. And Apple, I don't think Apple would use one of those. Like the iPhone SE LCD is better than all of those four hundred dollar, three hundred dollar Android phones. You know the iPhone the iPhone SE LED is is really good. It's you know it's still an LCD and it's it looks old because it has an old design around it, but it's a good it's a good screen. This far out, a lot of it just has to do with what can their suppliers produce by at that time. Like the one thing we can take from all this is that the home button is going away. And it's going to be some kind of an all-screen situation like we have on the higher-end models. We just don't know what it's going to look like. And the other thing is, do they keep – so? all right, so the iPad just came out. And they kept around the ninth-gen iPad. As you just said, 500 bucks. Do they keep around the old SE at 429 Selling or two iPhone SEs. And then send another one. Because what is they sell new two iPads. They didn't change the name. It's the iPad, ninth-gen and 10th-gen. They look totally different, but they're both iPads. They could do the same thing with the iPhone. Apple's already getting into this thing where they have too many products. Yes, way too many. This was the problem they ran into when they got rid of Steve Jobs 
And then he came in and said, no, 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 no. We're getting rid of 75% of these products. Like, <laughs> and they're slowly getting back into this problem. Mohammed Salu on Facebook said that Apple designs are becoming more and more redone and ugly. They should come up with something new and different. Maybe mix the iPhone 5S and iPhone 12 mini design. Yeah. I don't know if that'll work, but he's... Honestly, the, the 12 mini kind of is an iPhone 5S with the... I mean, it has those those flat edges. It's, it's, it's not dissimilar. I understand what he's saying, and it's easy to say on Twitter, like, hey, come on, do something new. Like, all right, but... We're selling 200 million iPhones a year and we're selling, we're making $90 billion a quarter. Like something's working. Was that specifically talking about the SE when he was making that comment? Well, it was a response to the SE rumor, but it sounds more like a general iPhone. Because I definitely agree with that with the SE. Like this year's SE should have had the iPhone XR's design, right? If they had kept with tradition of being like the four-year-old iPhone with new guts in it, you know, uh, they're way behind. They just keeping the iPhone 8 design again and just replacing the internals was pretty stale. That's pretty. That was pretty lame of Apple. <laughs> and we stuck with it for two years. Well, that does it for this episode of the Macworld Podcast, episode 815. Thanks to Jason Cross. Thank you. Thanks to Michael Simon. Thank you, sir. And thanks to the audience. Thank you for tuning in, and thanks for your feedback. You can subscribe to the Macworld Podcast in the podcast app, on Spotify, or through any other podcast app. If you have any comments or questions, send us an email at podcast at macworld.com, or contact us through Twitter, that's at Macworld, or on the Macworld Facebook page. Join us in the next episode of the Macworld Podcast as we talk about the latest in the world of Apple. See you next time.